0: Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. In my last podcast, which was part one of this two-part series on innovators, I played a little game with those of you who are listening. I asked you about a whole bunch of dates and asked you if you knew what happened on those dates. And first, I gave a whole bunch of dates that almost everybody knows. July 4, 1776, November 11, 1918, the end of World War I, um, you know, the, the end of World War II, the beginning of World War II, December 7, 1941, et cetera. Dates that we know. And I and I made the point that we tend to know those dates because they're about things governments do. Now, they're also massive events. I understand that. Um, but, but they are about Things that governments tend to do, and our history books tend to focus on things that governments do. But then I asked about some dates that commemorated or that marked major events by private individuals or private firms that contributed tremendously to the progress of the world. I asked about October 22nd, 1879. And of course, that's when uh, the first successful electric light uh, experiment was done by Thomas Edison. Or 1891, when Edison came out with a kinetoscope, which started the movie industry. December 17th, 1903. I asked about that. Well, that's when the Wright brothers first flew. Um, I asked about 1981. A number of events happened, but one of them was the first laptop computer was issued by. By the Epson Company. And of course, the famous one that a lot of millennials will know, but maybe older folks won't, won't remember as well. June 29, 2007. What was that? That's when the iPhone was first released. So these the second group of dates... Are events that are significant change the world? Uh, in some cases, as massive as the earlier dates that I asked about, but most of us wouldn't know them. And the reason is that I'm, I'm I'm offering no conspiracy theory here. I'm just saying it's a reality. Most of us went to public school. Uh, public schools are sponsored by the state. The state therefore has an interest in making sure that its actions through history are chronicled. So when you study history, you tend to be you tend to study uh, not so much innovators, not so much people who break technology, not so much people who are explorers and discoverers, but people who work for government. We're big on presidents. We're big on government actions. We're knowledgeable about wars, uh, things like that. We don't tend to focus as much uh, on the private firms, on technological innovations, et cetera. And I, and I explored that a little bit in this last podcast, but I also said that I felt like there was something happening now that we might all be missing, uh, largely because it's done by a private individual uh, it's done by a private firm and it's in the, way, in the field of technology. And with all of our news about Donald Trump and Twitter wars and North Korea and hurricanes and et cetera, et cetera, uh, ISIS and what have you, we might be missing something very, very significant. So let me leave uh, the, the first part of what I said last week just by summarizing and saying, let's be sure that we do not al- allow the government orientation, the state orientation, the national orientation of our education system to keep us from seeing the power of technology. I think we have a little bit more chance of that given the way technology is changing all of our lives. We all know who Steve Jobs is, um, but I think we still might be missing something. And let me tell you uh, what I think is incredibly important that's happening today. We all know that Hurricane Irma just devastated Puerto Rico. It was, it's, it's horrible. Uh, Three and a half million people, uh, the vast majority of them without food, without power, uh, food rotting at the docks because truckers couldn't get to them uh, with trucks. Uh, Just horrible, horrible, horrible. And there's been great suffering and there's been great tension between, for example, the mayor of San Juan, uh, who's a a very competent female uh, mayor and Donald Trump. And they went back and forth with ill feeling and what have you. So, um, it, it, we, we, we're aware of it. But something pretty important is happening in the wake of this. And I want you not to miss it. I want us not to miss it because of our, again, a bit of our statist orientation in our education. I want us to recognize the value of it. Uh, there's a man in our world that I hope you're very well aware of, whose name is Elon Musk. And Elon Musk was born in South Africa, has since become an American citizen via Canada. Um, and uh he's a man who has made a lot of money in software and in computers and in technology. He's a billionaire. Um, and he is a, a great and, I think, innovator. Uh, he's a man who started some very important companies. And uh, he is a man who is taking a step now that may uh, very well uh, mark an epical change in our um, in our history. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Elon Musk, again, a man very wealthy, Uh, he has started the Tesla car company um, in which he is developing. And right now he's developing high end, but he intends to develop more uh, major market electrical cars. He's trying to address global warming. He's trying to address um, pollution. He's trying to give us renewable energies. And so he's developing the Tesla car. I think you're probably familiar with that. There are already Teslas out on the road. They tend to be expensive and high end. He's trying to develop one soon with the same electric uh, electronic technologies, the same uh, electric car, uh, kind of electric car that would be more in the 35000 range, and so he's working in that direction. You may also be familiar with his company, SpaceX. Uh, he's trying to uh, innovate, to tra- travel to Mars. He's trying to commercialize uh, space travel, uh, especially as budgets for NASA drop and, and those experiments drop. Uh, he's trying to do major things there, and he's, he's done some pretty impressive things I'm no expert on space travel but uh, he seems to be knocking it out of the top the 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 company that i'm intrigued with that he has started uh, is solar city it's a company called solar city and what Elon Musk and his firm are doing is they're innovating new kinds of energy, new kinds of batteries. You may be familiar with his work in that field and solar power. And I've been watching this closely because I'm a guy who believes, um, even though, you know, as all of you listening probably know, I'm right of center politically. And therefore, I guess I'm supposed to be all pro oil and pro petroleum and uh, pro major industries. Um, That's not necessarily the case. I certainly want to see, you know, large companies be free to function in the world as long as they do so ethically and serve the people. But I think we've missed a great deal in our country since we've not emphasized alternative energy sources. I think that solar power has got a lot of power, a possibility. I think that um, you know, wind generators have got a lot of possibility. When I fly from uh, Schiphol Airport uh, north out, out of that region uh, in the Netherlands, I fly over the North Sea and I see great big fields of uh, wind uh, windmills, basically high-tech windmills, uh, wind generators that are producing energy for that part of the world. I see it also in West Texas. So in other words, I'm a big believer in the idea that by now we should have been able to develop uh, solar cells and wind technology and other forms of technology. I know in some parts of the world, uh, especially at one, particularly uh, the Middle Eastern MIT called King Abdullah University of Science and Technology, where I lecture, they're working on harnessing the currents under the sea, uh, the very rapid currents under the sea. They're talking, about harnessing that for energy production. I think we have the potential to get off destructive forms of energy and to use renewable and clean energy in a way that's, that's tremendous. And I realize that normally these words are coming out of the mouths of people who are further to the left than I am politically, but that's not my point right now. I've always been a believer in it. I think the US government made a big mistake when it reversed some Carter uh, administration era uh, policies about solar energy and some initiatives. And I think we should be going in that Direction. And frankly, I think we're going to accomplish it before I shake off this khaki coil. Now, all of that to say that the person I'm very impressed with in this industry. Is Elon Musk. Uh, he is developing with his company Solar City um, uh, tremendous technologies. And what excites me right now, what I want to make sure you don't miss, is that Elon Musk has actually petitioned the governor of Puerto Rico. And remember now, Puerto Rico devastated by Hurricane Irma. Uh, three and a half million people, many of them until recently, without power, without food. Things are getting better now. But the U.S. government did not respond well, uh, despite Donald Trump's protestations to the opposite. And uh, it's, it's devastated. And even if we do get immediate relief to the people of Puerto Rico, the fact is that their infrastructure is devastated. So Elon Musk has petitioned the governor of Puerto Rico to fix and to provide and to install um, an alternate energy system for the entire island. In other words, Elon Musk, who's been researching alternative forms of batteries and solar energy and renewable type energies um, and, and, has, and has been proven very successful in much of this, has already done it, by the way, for Kauai, one of the Hawaiian islands, has already done it for some other smaller islands, is now going to do it for Puerto Rico. And if Solar City and if Elon Musk are successful, this will be the largest project of this type In the world, as far as I know. If I'm wrong about that, somebody please tell me. But I've been told this is the largest project of its type in the world. The entire Puerto Rican island will be put on solar and renewable forms of energy that will fuel energy at a much less expensive rate, much more renewable, much more replaceable should there be uh, another hurricane. And by the way, what the poor Puerto Ricans, I don't mean to say that they're all poor economically, but I mean poor in the sense that they're suffering, um, what they have been doing for the, for most of their energy in the country is burning oil. Now, that's that's an old technology for energy in, term, in terms of electrical energy. And so, What you're going to have is this old system that's very expensive. I can't believe what my Puerto Rican friends pay in their electrical bills. Uh, And it's going to be replaced by Elon Musk's solar cities, renewable energies, largely solar, uh, new kinds of batteries, new kinds of generators. If this is successful it will be huge. It'll be the first time that this many people has, have has been, again, as far as I know, exclusively on renewable energies uh, for the power system in their entire island. If it's successful, they'll have more power, they'll have more consistent power, they'll have cleaner power, they'll have renewable power, uh, and should another hurricane come along, they'll have more easily replaceable Power and if it works beautifully, it's going to be a model to the world. Now, I believe um, in solar power. I believe in wind power. I believe in these other alternative energies. I'm very well aware that some of them haven't, you know, finished in the laboratory, so to speak. I'm very well aware that some of them are expensive. But you hopefully have seen a documentary called "What Happened to the Electric Car," uh, where it's where the, the researchers, the documentary makers, confer. That car companies bought out the electrical car. The electrical car was uh, developed by a firm. It was successful. It could have been. Uh, it could have been ongoing, but it was bought out by traditional automakers. We have electric cars happening now, or semi-electrical cars. Um, we're on the cusp of something wonderful, and uh, I'm a big believer in it. It's not. That I'm not. I'm not a guy whose primary uh, issues in life, and in terms of American public life or world public life, are about green issues. I'm not that freaked out about global warming. I think a lot of that is a natural cycle, but uh, I certainly believe that man probably can contribute something to those cycles. And so uh, I want to see us use renewable energies. I think we'll be cleaner. I think we'll be healthier. I think we'll have more renewable. I think we'll have more easily replaceable. And I think, by the way, once these technologies are developed, they can be taken to parts of the world where they suffer pretty horribly when it comes to uh, these technologies. Now, One of the things that moves me towards this is that I have often worked in third world countries. I've shared these stories many times here on this podcast, and I am amazed sometimes at how I can be in a third world country, a country that's been maybe recently at war, a country where there's been devastations, a country that maybe has an extremely rugged uh, terrain. And yet the cell service that I'm enjoying by using an in-country cell phone is better than what I get back here in the United States on my, you know, ridiculously expensive iPhone. Um, And I ask myself why? Well, the reason is that after the war ended or after the devastations ended... Uh, somebody went in there, somebody signed a contract, somebody like Mr. Farouk with Asia Cell or other companies in the Middle East, uh, other other companies around the world went in and very quickly set up cell service. Now, sometimes this country didn't even have a decent phone service, but with cell technology, they could go in, establish cell service around the country very quickly, and everybody in the country could have a cell phone that works fantastically. Um, And not just in third world countries, by the way. In England, for example, the cell service is unbelievable. Every square inch of England, as far as I know, is beautifully served by cell phones Um, when many townships, people in many townships sitting in a pub, they'll tell me that they never had decent phone service before. My point is that technology allows entire nationwide and region-wide systems to be installed um, and to be, and to make quantum leaps over older technologies So that sometimes a third world country can have far better cell service than we have here in the industrialized United States. I think this is what is about to happen in Puerto Rico. I think that Elon Musk, though I'm sure he'll have his challenges, if this goes through and the governor of Puerto Rico has already accepted his offer, if this goes through, if this actually happens, I think you're going to see Puerto Rico have the best energy, electrical energy it's ever had, have it be renewable and clean and more easily replaceable than if should future disasters, God forbid, occur. And I think that it's going to be a model of what needs to happen worldwide. This will break up some monopolies. We'll have oil companies. We'll have traditional automakers fight this. But the potential here is huge. Don't miss this. Don't let the fact that we tend to keep our eyes on government as the main innovators, rather than private citizens, private firms, and weird, geeky people who work in laboratories. We don't tend to watch them, but they're the ones who are currently changing world. I think what's about to happen in Puerto Rico, and may it happen, I think it's going to be a model. Keep your eyes on it. Watch Elon Musk. I know he's an unusual character, but most innovators really are. Read a book on Einstein and learn about him. Oh my gosh. Um, I think something important is about to happen in Puerto Rico. And if it happens the way it can happen, if it's as successful as it could be, we are going to see a new epoch in world history and energy take place. And we should all take note. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv